of the Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff podcast. Good morning, Jesse. Good morning, Gary. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. We were just talking about some 60s music that we had blasting in the campus before we got going here. Uh, We both grew up being forced to listen to that, correct? That's correct, yes. And dad put it on in the car and didn't give us a choice? Yep. I remember driving around in the car, and my parents used to quiz me about rock and roll. Really? Yeah, like when I was five, six, seven. Yeah. I would drive around in the car with them, and they'd say, okay, we're going to turn it on a radio station. What are the next three songs? And, (laughs) And it was like... I mean, Van Halen and all that stuff. And name the artist. And name the artist and all that kind of stuff. That's fun. Yep. So I think mine must be a little bit older than yours because mine were more uh, Beatles, Monkeys, Elvis Presley. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those were kind of the big ones that we ended up listening to. Uh, Now, when I put All Out 60s on Spotify, uh, my kids actually are getting used to some of those artists, too, when they kind of pick up some of them. I'm actually, like, to put a feather in the cap, I'm really proud of the fact that I think my kids are going to be able to name an artist from, like, a whole bunch of different varied groups. Like, we're not one uh, genre of music. We go a little bit of Mandy's Country, a little bit of 60s, a little bit of Vanilla Ice, Biz Markey, Elton John, I like Elton John. Wow. There's yeah. a whole bunch of variety there for us. Your, your variety was a scotch bit different than ours. I mean, my first album that my folks ever bought me was Van Halen's 1984. Really? Yeah, and I was eight years old. That's nice. the first album I ever owned, and so I've been rock and roll my entire life. So hearing 90s country kind of makes my skin crawl. <laughs> like, uh, you listen to some, uh, what's that What's that one guy? George like, Strait. George Strait. Garth Brooks. Yeah, those guys. And oh, I'm like, man. the thunder rolls, and oh, part of me just oh. dies inside. It's so like, classic. Oh. You can't not listen to the thunder rolls. Oh. Like, oh, my goodness. It makes so good. makes my heart hurt a little bit. It makes bit. my heart hurt. It's just like, Just ugh. like that big fatty bacon that I had this morning. <laughs> That's exactly it. The things that make my heart hurt. Bacon and Garth Brooks. <laughs> Garth Brooks is the bacon of the music world. That's actually pretty good. It That's is. That's a yeah. pretty good quote. Can you? Can we please edit that one line and just take that clip? That's the tagline of our podcast. Garth Brooks is the bacon of the music world. Gary and Jesse talk about stuff. <laughs> On our t-shirts, we should have that. <laughs> On our t-shirts, exactly. Never got around to the t-shirts too much. No, we need to do that. Yeah, yeah. I had like one person say, yeah, I'd probably order that, and it was my mom. <laughs> mom would wear it. Yeah. Oh, 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 that's adorable. Yeah, don't you ever wonder, like, uh, so your mom is much the same way. In fact, when we started this podcast, weren't we going to have them, like, call in? We were, yeah. And be like the, hey, everything you're doing is great kind of people. Yep, exactly. Nothing is wrong. Our moms are very much the same in that, like, we could have the most miserable idea (laughs) of all time. They'd be like, you tried so hard. It was amazing. such a good try. Like, oh, that was so good, Gary. That was so good, Jesse. You guys are so so good at what you do. Good effort. You guys both talk really good. And we, we respect that. <laughs> and then we that. sit in silence for 10 minutes. Right. And we're like, oh, that was just the perfect amount of silence. <laughs> Nothing you do is wrong. Thanks, oh, Mom. That's Thanks, awesome. Mom. Our moms are awesome. Yep, agreed. So at some point, we're going to have our moms on. Yes. Uh, but going back to the T-shirts. I'm still waiting for people to tell me, yeah, I'll order one. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know why you wouldn't order a T-shirt with like, our faces on it. We should actually make it like uh, I'm. I'm a real big fan of either the light. T 
t-shirt kind of hoodie kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Or like the baseball shirt. Like we could have it be like a baseball shirt. I like baseball shirts. And then shirts. you could have numbers on the back. Like yep. what year is this, 20? Yeah, uh, 20. Well, we started in yeah. 19. Right. So we could right. do number 19 on the back. Dude, that would be awesome. Oh. Like if we could have like, and if I could be like, we could call ourselves, remember when Jace was still around, we mm -hmm. had members of the, the boy, boy band, band. Mm -hmm. and then we could be Harry, and you would be Gary, Gary and then, <laughs> that's not as fun, that's not as fun no. like, you gotta have three of them, right. so, yeah. uh, maybe we gotta come up with a different boy band name, I yeah, guess, that's true. I actually think the silhouette that we showed was really good, right? I just, I just... Speaking of two-member boy bands, my brain instantly went to Millie Vanilli. And I'm like, oh, that's fantastic. Fantastic. Which is interesting because we got told our audio is off a little bit. And uh, that's uh, because we are not actually saying any of this. We are Millie Vanilli. We are yeah. uh, faking everything that we say right now. That's exactly else right. Is actually we, we are mouthing this. There's yeah. a, Actually, Joe Rogan is in the background <laughs> actually talking for us right now. So. Which is why our podcast is so incredibly yeah. successful. <laughs> exactly, right? You know that guy gets five and a half million viewers. It seems like a lot on a daily basis. It seems like a lot. That's crazy. And he doesn't really do like uh, he does just interviews, right? A lot of the interviews, but like yeah. just random kind of stuff. Yeah, literally. I would argue Dan Lebetard is the same way. Like, yes. Yeah. Because they're so varied. Because they jump from topic to topic, mm -hmm. uh, that's how they get so many people, which um, they stole that from us. Oh, absolutely, they did. Obviously. Yeah. You're welcome, Joe Rogan. Yeah, thanks oh. a lot for the credit. No, there was one that I saw where he was at one podcast was talking about Scientology, and the very next time it was Arnold Schwarzenegger talking about Conan <laughs> the Barbarian. I'm like, what an awesome cross-section of is great. culture, yep. you know? And just to be able to, like... I think that's our culture now, right? Like, so, uh, the short little segments. Like, people yeah. don't like a big, long explanation of something. They like short right. little segments. And right. I think that's what guys like Levitard, guys like Rogan have kind of yep. uh, taken and ran with, yeah. for sure. The ability to take it to our podcast, dissect it down into 10 minutes, and right. put it on your YouTube page. Right. You know, I right. mean, it's genius. Yep. So. And so that's what we try to do here a little bit at Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff. This was our welcome, actually. So welcome to the Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff podcast, where we talk about stuff. That we do. All the way from 60s music to Joe Rogan. <laughs> And everything in between. And here's the really cool thing about all of that stuff is that it has a glimpse of God in it. Exactly. We're going to most likely tie everything we tie or that we talk about back to the fact that Jesus is really, really in love with you. Mm -hmm. And he loves you so much that he went to the cross. And he loves you so much that he didn't stay on that cross. He defeated death for you. And he wants a close and personal relationship with you. And he wants to be accepted as your Lord and Savior. And so uh, consider this an on-ramp. Uh, consider this an invitation to that. And also consider this just a time to kick back and laugh at us, maybe even with us, uh, as you get to know your pastors a little bit more, as you get to know what Jesse likes, what Gary likes. Uh, you'll also get to know a little bit about Living Water Community Church. And so as we introduce you to Jesus, as we introduce you to ourselves, we'll also introduce you to brothers and sisters in Christ. And we'd love for you to join us, uh, not physically, of course. Over the last uh, few weeks, we haven't been able to meet in a certain location. But 
We've been hitting pretty hard on the Facebook page, on the YouTube channel, uh, any of those online services where you can hear us, where you can stream us. Uh, we'd love to have you join us on those platforms in the next week or so as well. Mm -hmm. So with all that being said, uh, we just started a new series, mm -hmm. and it is on the book of First Peter. And I kind of wanted to walk through this for people a little bit, Jesse. Uh, last time... I think we were just ending our uh, Easter series, right. like kind of walking through the whys mm -hmm. of Easter. Yep. And so then when we got to talking uh, what's next, we were both centered on it's got to be a book. Right. Uh, not necessarily uh, a topic, not necessarily just one part of a book, mm -hmm. but the whole book. Yep. And we were both gravitated, we were both brought into the thinking of First Peter. Yes. So why First Peter? What does that have to say to us today? Well, there's a couple of reasons. First of all, I think just for you and I personally, we have uh, a personal connection with First Peter because both of our quote-unquote life verses come from the book. Mm. You know, you're a Ironically enough, both of them coming from First Peter 5. Mm -hmm. And so for both of us, we have an instant connection to that. But more than that, uh, first, people, first Peter deals a lot with how to, uh, how to praise God in times of suffering. And that has a lot to do with where we're at today. Mm -hmm. So some of it is, yeah, our personal affinity towards it. Some of it is the connection with the idea of suffering and how to praise God, how to be an upstanding individual, how to support one another as brothers and sisters in Christ in times of diversity. But it also has a lot to do with uh, with the fact that as we go through First Peter, we also get the entire context mm -hmm. of not only suffering, but also how God brings us out of that suffering and has that promise of eternal life, even in spite of our current struggles. So that's kind of the reason, is it connects very well with where we are right now. And so. not only just that word suffering, uh, but I think uh, we both hit on this pretty hard last week, that word hope. Yes. Uh, everybody wants a reason, right? Everybody wants uh, the why question to be answered. Right. And I don't think we can do that. I don't think Peter even tries to do that. Uh, but he goes even bigger than that, and he says the fact that you're going through any kind of suffering, whatever it is that the context is that he's writing to, whatever context it is that we're reading from, all of those things aren't going to last forever. Right. I yep. think that's a really huge thing that he leans on, right? Yep, absolutely. It's this, it's all this struggle of suffering is temporary, and like we both uh, said, you know, uh, in our in our messages, and as we both know, the idea of First Peter is to write to a whole bunch of pockets of people scattered throughout the Roman Empire who are worshiping Jesus and seeing some sort of diversity and oppression. Mm -hmm. And he reminds them, guess what, not only is the Lord with you, not only will he continue to be with you, but this suffering won't last forever. Mm -hmm. And the more we remember that our suffering doesn't last forever, the more we realize, guess, this is a temporary glitch in oh, our yeah. eternal future. Right. You know, so... And that gives uh, a launching pad to have even more discussion, and I'm sure we're both going to do this over the next three or four weeks. Uh, we're going to try to take a chapter a week, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so this upcoming one is First Peter chapter 2. That's correct. And what we encourage you to do is read through that on your own. Please uh, don't let Sunday be the only time that you hear that passage, I think. I've had a couple of comments from people that are doing the Version Bible app, so I encourage you to do that, by the way, uh, to follow along with this book so that by the time you get to Sunday, 
you're so prepared, like the Holy Spirit has been fertilizing the soil of your heart so much that some word sticks out to you uh, that resonates with you. And what I would encourage you to do throughout the week, uh, just pick up the book, read through the chapter. Uh, I've been listening to it over and over again, um, trying to do a little bit more bike riding in the morning. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I'll do is I'll just put it on uh, replay uh, on my headphones. And so I'll just keep hearing those words over again. And it's not that I'm necessarily like uh, getting one big, huge revelation, but it's just that they're so repetitious at that point. Like I'm right. hearing chapter two over and over and over again. Yeah. And I think that's something that creates a soil for us as we prepare for it on Sunday. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot to be said regarding the quote-unquote repetition of Scripture. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know how many times any of, of you guys listening out there have read the Bible, but it's uh, from cover to cover. But this is part of our career is to read the Bible. So, I mean, I've read it dozens of times from, mm -hmm. from cover to cover. And there's something special in that repetition because you get a new uh, inkling, a new truth, a new revelation every single time. Mm -hmm. Um I was talking with someone, and if they're listening, uh, you'll know who you are, but I was talking with someone, and they said, I wrote something down about the first verse of Genesis in my Bible 15 years ago. Mm. Uh, you know, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I read that verse, and I looked at my notes from 15 years ago, and I felt completely different about it. Because in the beginning, it was almost like, all right, well, this is the start, but this person said, and now I envision in the beginning basically God being excited, telling this amazing story that's going to happen. And it's interesting how what we read just in one verse, three words, can mean something completely oh, different right. 15 years later right. because the Spirit reveals some new truth to it. That's so cool, and that's where you get into... Uh, which denomination is it that values experience really, really highly? Like I'm thinking of, there's one that has... Oh, the Wesleyan Quadrilateral? The Wesleyan Quadrilateral, there yeah. you go. Uh, just the idea of uh, they honor what the Holy Spirit is doing in the moment. Right. Now, we would, of course, argue that's not higher than what Scripture presents. Like, obviously, Scripture is the clearest message that we have right here, right now, yep. uh, but being able to say, hey, it's really important to know my context. Right. It's really important to know what the Spirit is saying to me in this moment. Right. I think that's something that we have an opportunity to kind of put on the back burner a little bit mm -hmm. and to just say, well, if I read in the beginning, then I read it once and I'm done. I don't ever have to circle back around to it. Right. As opposed to... Uh, being able to hear it in your context in this moment, uh, cycle through the rest of Scripture, and then come back around and see what it says in the next moment. Yeah, uh, I have in my head a picture of like mowing the grass, right? And mm -hmm. you cycle all the way back around, and by the time you get back to the beginning, it's time to mow again. Exactly. And it's time to re-fertilize that seed in your heart kind of thing. Absolutely. And, and even those verses that kind of stick out in our individual lives, that truth, even if, let's say that truth remains the same, because it, sometimes it does, right? Mm -hmm. um, like my favorite uh, verse is First Peter 5, 7, which says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. It's amazing how that verse 
can connect every single time I read it with something different that's going on in either my life, the life of the church, the life of my family, or the life of the community. When I first found that verse, uh, you know, 10, 12 years ago when I became a Christian, that meant something very different than it does today, which is effectively, hey, cast our anxiety on him, which is the worry of the world right now. And what are we going to do as a church? And what am I going to do, you know, in the midst of this social distancing as compared to where it was 12 years ago in the midst of partying and addiction? Oh, absolutely, right? But the truth still remains the same. And so it's awesome how Scripture can affect you at different points in your life right when the Spirit deems it's Oh, awesome. I think so. And isn't there something to be said... Um uh, the verse I'm thinking of at the moment is uh, there's a time for mourning, there's a time for joy, there's a time for sowing, there's a time for weeping. Right. We have examples like that throughout Scripture of the right place, the right time kind of thing. Yep. Uh, I think we've said it before here. Uh, I even told you uh, I don't do a whole lot on Twitter, but when I do, I try to like uh, label it with something like, God glimpse, uh, like a, a little thing that I heard uh, that I didn't see before, being able to see what God is doing in that context, right. uh, being able to see what God is doing in that very moment. I think that's something that uh, we put on the lenses of God, yep. and we're able to see that a little better. Yep, I agree with you, absolutely, 110%. Um it's it's only when we actually have our discernment glasses on that we can start understanding what the Lord is actually doing, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. And, and that leads into a bigger uh, kind of issue, which is sometimes in order to understand what the Scripture is saying, we effectively have to, oh, my, whoa, oh, hey, hello. I was going to try Wait, to do that the, very quickly yeah. and coolly. Yeah, and, and, the, the, and there we go. So, Hello um, now. Hold on, Gary's Gary's fuzzy. The we we will give this a second. Gary, go ahead and see. I think we're okay now, maybe. Okay. Someone out there in the ionosphere tell us how Gary's mic is sounding. Yeah. Go so. for it. I it totally interrupted the incredible point that you were <laughs> about to make. No, 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 it's all good. I was just I was just saying that that sometimes it's by the work of the Holy Spirit that 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 revelation comes to us is basically what I was getting to. Right. Um, the, the interesting thing when we read scripture <clears throat> is we find a context that it was written in mm -hmm. a context that's ours and a context that's God's right. Mm -hmm. And so scripture has this amazing way, unlike any other book to connect with our brothers and sisters 5,000 years ago, but still connect with us today and connect to our brothers and sisters in the future. Oh man. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. Scripture is so. Well, and look at, uh, where did I, uh, hear this one or read this one? I want to say it was a, uh, it was centered on Christ in particular. The fact that realistically, what other leader has had this kind of longevity right uh, has had this kind of effect all around the world right uh, yep. you hold up some of your major leaders and yeah they've done incredible things uh, but a hundred years later people forget their name 200 years later you kind of forget their name whatever right. Christ has changed the world mm -hmm. uh, so even if you don't believe in him as a Lord and Savior, there's no denying that you believe in him as an incredible historical figure. Right, right. And to go along with that then, the scripture, even if you're 
approaching it with a, yeah, but I don't think it's really God breathed. And I don't think it's really a love letter. Then take a step back and look at, uh, what it has, uh, told us was going to happen Mm -hmm. and happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, what it told us for our own well being. Uh, we read in seminary, do you remember, can't remember the name of it, but it was something along the lines of it was a doctor that wrote the book that uh, went through the laws that God gave to the Israelites mm, yeah, and yeah. basically said, like, this is just good practice. Right. Like, whether or not you believe in God, mm-hmm. you should actually do these things right. because it's for your own health benefit, for your own good. Yeah. In yeah. a very, very practical way. Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. so he was being able to say, like, even if you're approaching this scripture as uh, just a manual for some good practices, then you're going to be able to have some benefit from it. And I think mm-hmm. you're saying that too in, in the way of it is still applicable. Yes. It is yeah. still a good practice kind of thing that yes. we can read today. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. At bare minimum. The things that it outlines are quote unquote moral truths. Oh, absolutely right. But the beautiful part is that it doesn't stop at moral truths. If anything, it's because the spirit is involved in the words of scripture because mm-hmm. it was God breathed that we don't read it as a moral truths book. We read it as the voice of God basically right. proclaiming truth to us. Right. And by that, we are steered in our morals. Oh, man, yeah. You know, it's not a guidebook for how to live. It's the words of God that are directing and challenging and encouraging. Which us. is really cool, because to circle all the way back around, First uh, Peter, the first chapter, was kind of an introduction. Um, yeah. If I remember right from my outline, it was something like um, he was telling them that they belong, that they're a part of a family. Right. Uh, he was telling them that they have a job to do, yeah. and then he was telling them, hey, you're empowered by the Holy Spirit. Right. Yep. And now from here on out, for chapter 2, chapter 3, it it gets very practical. Yes. Like it speaks oh, yeah. to husbands, it speaks to wives, it yep. speaks to uh, slaves, slaves, it speaks yep. to masters. Like it becomes very, very uh, manual just best practices kind of thing, doesn't it? Right, absolutely. And and we can go through chapter by chapter in the mm-hmm. next weeks if we really wanted to. This should probably be a four month we thought about series, that, right? mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. there's so many little snippets of wives of of slaves of friends right. of you know what it means to belong to a church. There's right. so many snippets of truth. Right. Um, but if we go by and I'm just looking at at uh, chapter two here, you know, in verse eleven. Or in, in chapter 2, starting with verse 11, there's three main sections in one section. I urge you as foreign and exiles, abstain from, sinful, abstain from sinful desires. Verse 13, submit to authority. Verse 18, slaves, mm-hmm. revere and fear. Right. You know, and then all that stuff. And then it goes on to wives and husbands. Yeah. It's practical, applicable theology. And all of it. That's the incredible thing about a book like this. Like, you're not only getting theological you're not only getting deep that way mm-hmm. but you're also getting very very practical and that's yes. what we uh have at our fingertips that's what we uh, allow the holy spirit to do right which to come back to the main point like don't uh just let us read it for you on sunday right read through it throughout the week exactly so that you're ready to go on sunday even exactly right yeah. this script the scripture is not just for for pastors to read. This is for all of us to use. Absolutely. And so welcome to the Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff podcast. We chase the rabbit trail of uh, 
what scripture is, what scripture does. And we began by talking a little bit about 60s music. Yeah. Um, I see my mom is on there. She, thank you, mom, for telling me that I was fuzzy. Uh, but we, you missed uh, the first half of this where... Uh, we talked all about Elvis and uh, the Beatles and yep. Van Halen yep. that Jesse grew up with and uh, yep. were musical differences. What was the first album you ever bought? Like you oh, personally? I love that yeah, the first album, like not that your folks bought or some mixtape from, you know, but the first album you either bought from a buddy or went to a music store you and said, I this? have to have this. You're yeah. going gonna to make so much fun of me. Yeah. Jock Jams. <laughs> <laughs> of course. All right. Uh, I was I was hesitant oh. to tell you. In fact, I was kind of like, should I make something up? Should Jack I make something jams. up? Should I make something up? Wow. Jock Jack jams. jams. Like from 93, 92. Let 93. me see that Tootsie Row. Oh, man. That's, oh, that's so like great. from 1992. So great. Wow. So great. Wow. And when we went through, I don't know when we did this. It was a few years ago or something. We did the garage sale thing and uh, sold all the CDs and all that kind of stuff. Yep. I now lament that. Like, oh, yeah. How did I get rid of that? I know. Because I know. I know you can go on to Spotify and you can search for Jack Jams, but it's not the same like, it's not that actual. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, no, it's a playlist. So it's right. not the actual album. Right, exactly. I want the actual album. Yep, I hear you. Because hear that you. was so classic and so great. That is hilarious. Right? Well done. Thank well you. Done. Thank yeah. you. And how about you? First uh, first CD you ever bought with your own money. With my own money. I bought three at the exact same time. Yeah. And uh, those three were in one purchase. It was uh, Weezer, the Blue Album, oh. the first one from 94. Well yeah. done. Thank you. It was Green Day's Dookie, which was huge <laughs> at that point, and it was Nirvana's Nevermind. Oh, my goodness. That was my first three albums. You went three for three there. Yeah. Man, yeah, that, that was, was really good. That was my first three albums. I just went up, and I bought them, and that was before you had to have a parent with you. you know? Right. But I bought them, and I listened to those things to the point oh. where I think I scratched the surface off of the Weezer album. Like, oh, I that was to such a good hard. album. I ended up getting that later. Now, I would argue, so I told you I grew up with, like, 60s and that kind of stuff. I would argue I didn't, like, have my music repertoire expanded until, like, high school-ish kind of thing. Yep. So I was probably two or three years behind everybody. Oh, sure. But yep. I think that's... so. When you bought that, you must have been what? I was middle school. I was yeah, ten or eleven. So I bet you I bought the blue album like a few years later after yeah. that, something like that. Because I did get on that train, but I was late to get on the train. Yep. No, I bought that. Uh, yeah, ten or eleven years old, and nice. at that time, it was brand new. That oh, blue album man. was brand new, and no one had really heard of them before. Right, right. And I don't know how I got into them, but I've been a fan ever since. Now so. you think about it, like, that was, we're talking 15, 20 years ago. That was 25 years ago already. And Weezer is still doing their They're thing. still crushing That's it, That's pretty impressive. I know, I know. I'm and, really impressed by Weezer. Yeah, and Green Day's actually doing pretty well, yeah. too. Rock and Roll uh, Hall of Fame, the right, whole line, so. Right, but, and he just did a, uh, uh, which cover did he do? I think his, the... Uh, sad slow one yeah i hope you have the time of your life oh that's right uh, yeah. he did a cover of that from his living room <laughs> which was really good i'm sure it was and billy joe armstrong perfect and then yeah. his uh his cat like interrupted him <laughs> while he was doing it it was really funny oh that's fantastic that was really a fun uh, a fun thing to see so go check that out right. isn't it interesting though like when you grow up how your folks is uh music inclination has an impact on you oh, like i totally said I, right yep. you know that we used to quiz each other in the car on right. you know uh 
Van Halen and Blue Oyster Cult and all this, you know, right. uh, Leonard Skinner, all those classic bands. Oh, yeah. Um, and I grew up with rock and roll. And now the thought of country music just appalls me, <laughs> you know, because I can't, I can't do it. Right. Because I never grew up with it, and it's like nails on a chalkboard, mm -hmm. except from country music before 1983. Like, oh, so like classic, like uh, Merle right. Haggard or Willie yeah. Nelson. Merle Haggard, like Willie that. Nelson, you know, right. Johnny Cash. He's, right. I mean, those guys are great. Cause those I are got a couple of those on my Spotify list for sure. Yeah. I, you got to have Johnny Cash on your Spotify Absolutely. list. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's funny how like that kind of affects you. And now it's like you listen to the, there's this band. What is it called? The Georgia, the Florida. Oh, the, the Florida, Georgia. Florida, Florida Georgia right. uh, time zone, whatever <laughs> cares what it's called. So, so they're. You have Georgia and the Florida line. Yeah. And I listen to some of their stuff, like, because one of my friends made me, and I'm right. like, this is brutal. This it's, isn't even country. This is pop music with a, really with a twang. It's really interesting, like, isn't it? And I would argue they're in the same vein of a couple of different bands. In fact, to kind of cross over genres, like... I think like a Wren Collective, you know them a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, right? I've like heard That's of them, yeah. kind of the same kind of feel. Right, yeah. Like almost poppy, uh, right. but kind of a little bit of twangy kind of thing. Yep. Um, I I got to be in the right mood for that. Like, I just, it's yeah. good, but uh, maybe not on every day kind of thing. I, 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 if that comes on in the radio, I'll tear the radio <laughs> out and throw it out the window. Are that's you still a radio brutal. guy? Like, you put the radio on? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I just want to see what the current popular music is. Not a bad idea. I yeah. have, I honestly, so if I get in the car, it's on 99.1 probably, ESPN. Yeah. But most often, before I even get in the car, I'm turning Spotify on. Mm -hmm. and having that go through my speakers kind yep. of thing. Yep. So it's not very often that I'm getting exposed to, like, new music. Right, uh, right. Which is to my detriment, uh, really, like, not being able to hear something new. I just... Uh, I'm sticking just, with what I know. Well, that's the thing. I just want to see what's what's popular and if it's any good. Right. You know, right. and most of the... It, this is just my opinion. Most mm -hmm. of the top 40 stations aren't really good, but there's some good, you know, some new good... Uh, what would be considered rock and roll mm -hmm. out there, even though it falls into a subgenre. Oh yeah, I mean they're they're coming out with some really good stuff as of recent. So right. I, I just found years ago that if I was one of those guys who sat in my car and just listened to CDs at that time or MP3s, then my music is always about five to six years behind, mm -hmm. and then it's like, well, what's the next thing coming? Right. You know. Right. So it's just how I roll. Well, and I think part of. Uh the diversity that you see there, like I have it in my head when you said subgenres, like uh, not to turn this directly back to church, but mm -hmm. I see so many different denominations, right? You see so many different churches and in the same way, I see so many different genres of music and so many different people that kind of mix country and yeah. pop and all that kind of stuff. So talking about the Florida line and talking yeah. about rent collective and, I I like the fact that they can't be categorized. They can't be pigeonholed into, hey, you're just a Christian band, so you can't like cross this line or cross right. that line. Like, right. um, I'm gonna blank on her name, Lauren. Uh, she wrote a really like just heartfelt song. Uh, it was a Christian song by a lot of means, uh, but it was played on pop music mm -hmm. it was played on whatever the uh, 95.5 or what like just right. uh to see some lines being crossed 
yeah. with a good intention of giving the gospel right. in a place where it might not otherwise be. Right. That's really awesome to me. I oh, think yeah. that's really cool. And and that I think it happens more frequently than we think mm-hmm. in, in all reality. There's a lot of bands that uh, I know a lot of people listening won't have heard of, but like uh, As I Lay Dying, August Burns, Red, some mm-hmm. of the hardcore metal bands. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, you know, Kill Switch Engage, actually, Howard Jones, the old front man. All those bands are actually, quote, they're not quote-unquote Christian bands, but they're bands who are made up of Christians, and mm-hmm. it permeates their lyrics. Right. And, if, and you can hear that you coming can hear through, that. can't you? You can yeah. hear it coming mm-hmm. through. There's a reason that Skillet was at Rise Fest this last year. Oh, Skillet is, I really you know, like Skillet. Even though they're not a quote-unquote Christian label right. band, I mean, right. there's a reason they were there, because right. their members are Christians, and they proclaim that mm-hmm. through their mm-hmm. through their music. So Yeah, I really yeah. enjoy Skillet a lot. My family, uh, my kids really love them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Rise Fest, that would be kind of a fun thing to talk about for a little bit because they postponed, correct? They, that they did, yes. And uh, you have a lot to do with Rise Fest. You yes. help out every year. Yes, I do. Uh, we should spend just a couple minutes talking about the fact that it's a different yeah. time now. Yeah, I'm looking for it on. It's the September fourth and September fifth. That's when it got moved uh, that's to. That's when it got moved to as Cut. of right now. And yeah, gotcha. I'm, I'm pretty heavily involved in Rise, Rise Fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob and I know each other very well. Um, so make sure you're checking your calendar and uh, getting everything figured out so that you can be there September 4 and September 5. Exactly. And and it's, you know, part of it is, is almost a lament because it's like, gosh, that mm. it's a real bummer that it has to move. Just right. like everyone else around here, we're all being affected in some oh, way. Oh, yeah, for sure. The good part is there's still an option to have it. You know, mm-hmm. this year in September. So, yeah, September 4, September 5 this year, we ask that you come out and, and participate in Rise Fest. It's always great, and our prayer is that it's going to be great this year, too. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's uh, I'm, I'm torn. As, well, it's uh, as just usual. like everything in this time, right? It's it's a moment of sadness uh, yeah. that we can't have it, like, right now. Yeah. And happiness that we at least do get to have it. Yeah. Uh, yep. To to zoom in on that, to chase that rabbit trail for just a little bit, my heart goes out to uh, people that are having a season of life be ended. Yeah. Uh, graduating yeah. seniors, graduating eighth grade, whatever. All of these moments that you would call an end. Yeah. And you're not really like getting to run through the finish line. Right. Uh, retirement. I've talked to a couple guys that like, yeah, I guess I'm done now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I was kind of planning to finish out a school year or to finish out a month or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. And all of a sudden it's over. Yeah. Um, heart goes out to all of them and we could do a whole long segment. Uh, there's people that are way more qualified than this than we are, but uh, to acknowledge grief, yeah. uh, to yeah. admit that, yeah, I'm missing something. Yeah. Uh, I think was it Gary Strickland did a fantastic job uh, teaching uh, pastoral care when we were in seminary. Yeah. And I remember quite vividly going through uh, a specific class called Grief and Loss. Yes, and yeah, I remember that. we started the class with him asking us to write down our big events in our past lives. Mm-hmm. And what he highlighted there was whether it was the loss of a cat, mm. uh, the loss of a job, yeah. uh, the loss of something that you thought was going to happen that didn't happen, yeah. the loss of a parent, the loss of a sister, the loss of innocence, yeah. whatever it is, like these are all really big moments yeah. that we should be allowing 
to grieve. Exactly. Uh, don't ever tell someone, I guess is kind of what I took, like don't ever tell someone you shouldn't be grieving. Like that's not that big a deal. Right. Exactly. Yeah. There's nothing that I hate more. Well, there's a lot that I hate more, but there's nothing. Yeah. There's it, a lot. There's a lot of things I don't like uh, in all reality. Uh, <laughs> ground beef. Ground beef, chili. onions, chili, you know, hot dogs, country music. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, whatever. But there's there's one of the big things I, I dislike in terms of uh, both counseling and pastoral care and just the Northwest Iowa context in general is when you have a difficult time, what we do here in Northwest Iowa is say, we'll give you about two and a half hours to process through it. And then after that, pick yourself up by your bootstraps, right. get over it, and proceed on with work. Right. Right. And that just annoys me because the big thing that I learned from from not only Gary Strickland but also from you know our uh, our pastoral care class mm-hmm. in seminary and through my own experiences doing pastoral care is that grief is not just mourning the loss mm. it's mourning the past the present and the future right. what could have been what could have right. been right. and a lot of people in terms of grief they stop at for example, say, uh, you know, God forbid, y- your your mom passes away, right? Mm-hmm. So they mourn the loss of mom, mm-hmm. but they don't or they forget or they're not encouraged to mourn the loss of relationship now. Mm-hmm. They mourn, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, look at all the good times we had, mm-hmm. but they don't mourn what needs to happen now. And they also especially don't mourn, I'm going to miss the times that would have been built. Oh, yeah, for sure, right? And Mm -hmm. that, I think, holds us in this cycle of depression and sadness right? because we haven't really fully grieved because we're not allowed to. right? We don't remember that we're supposed to grieve the future. And even when we try, our current culture around here says, well, that doesn't matter. Get over it. Right. You know? Well, and don't you think that goes back to the uh, a time to grieve, a time to rejoice, a time to mourn, a time to uh, have... Uh, excitement, a time to reap, a time to sow. Yeah. I think the Bible lays out very clearly, hey, lament, like yeah. sit in it for a second, yeah. uh, especially when you're recognizing uh, all around you is telling you to just move on, just right. keep going, just keep going. Yep. And there are so many different complex things with grief, with emotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would really be nervous about putting someone in a box and saying, hey, this is what you need to do or this is what needs to happen. Every single moment of grief is going to be unique. Exactly. Uh, You're going to grieve in a different way than the person next to you. But what I would encourage through all of that is take your time. Right. Uh, Take what you need, especially in terms right now of, man, I am really bummed that we don't get to do this or we don't get to do that whatever that is take time for that don't you think absolutely i mean there's there's a and i won't mention any names but there's a woman uh who in in my folks's church who unfortunately uh, had a son pass away Mm. uh i think it was 18 years ago oh wow she's still in the process of grief Mm -hmm. and i know a lot of people have said well guess what she just needs to get over it and Mm -hmm. i go no i mean Mm -hmm. if this is what the process looks like Mm -hmm. i think the problem is that we've encouraged her to get on with it so much that she feels down Mm -hmm. about the fact that she's not sure and so she relives that memory Lamenting over and over where and over. she's at right exactly yep. Yep. so it's a depression cycle well and but, then being able to acknowledge acknowledge the stages yeah. uh i think we've all seen uh the stage of grief whether it's anger anger denial all those kind of things 
acknowledge that those are real. Like I would not deny that those are very, very real. Yeah. I would also acknowledge that they're fluid, right? right? So you take a step towards a stage and that stage isn't done. Right. Uh, you don't just cross it off a checklist. Sometimes right. there's a recycling back through, right? Yep, Sometimes exactly. there's a figuring out how to move through this stage so that I can succeed in the next stage. Right, exactly. And there's, and I think but that's also a very important thing. Like it's okay to live in that grief and live in that moment mm -hmm. and, and allow that to wash over you and lament. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that we just stay there and become uh, despondent and depressed. Right. It doesn't mean that we start living without hope. We're not right. living for the grief. Right. We're living for the future. Experience your grief, but still maintain hope in it. Which circles all the way back to First Peter again, exactly. right? Like I yeah. think it's so incredible uh, that as he's writing to this group that's going through a lot of stuff, yep. he's telling them, hey, don't forget your identity. Right. Uh, don't forget what you have going on for you. The goodness of hope. The goodness that this isn't it. The goodness that there's something more coming, right? Exactly. And exactly. so being able to spend an acknowledgement time in that grief, being able to say, yeah, this is real. Uh, we, I would encourage whatever it is that you're grieving, uh, don't gloss over it. Yes. Uh, don't don't dwell there for 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 certain for for right. ongoing time. But don't gloss over it and say, oh, just the fact that I didn't get to go on this trip, uh, that's no big deal. Like, right. I should just be able to pick up and move on. No, that's a real grief. Like, right. acknowledge the fact that I am really sad about this. And I think the number one key, acknowledge that in prayer, right? Yes. Uh, yep. Be able to lament to God, yep. uh, just like David did, uh, just like the psalmist did, hey, this is really tough. Absolutely. Uh, God, can you please help me through this? And and I think that it's very important important to to let everyone know that there's a big difference between grief and despair. Mm -hmm. A big difference. Grief is a lament, it's a mourning of a loss past, present and future. Despair is where we allow grief to become so overwhelming that there's no hope for the future. Oh yeah. And there was no hope in the past and there is no hope now. We can't allow ourselves to get into the position of despair. We can grieve, but don't despair. And that goes exactly into what you were saying with First Peter. Mm -hmm. We don't despair because there's Christ, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so when, when we are in our grief, that's why we give it over to Christ. Mm -hmm. Not because he's necessarily just going to take it away and it's all going to be sunshines and unicorns and rainbows. Right. But what he does is he says, I am your living hope. So there, because there's hope, mm -hmm. you don't have to live in your despair for and just a cast purpose, it all For away. a reason, right? Exactly. Absolutely. Yep. And that goes back to the why, even. Uh, we can't answer the big question why, yeah. but we can answer the long-term why. Exactly. It's so that we can acknowledge how good he really is. Mm -hmm. If it was all rainbows and all... Uh, candy and unicorns, mm -hmm. then I wouldn't know what I'm being saved from. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. there's really something. I love the line. I'm not sure if I made it up or if I read it somewhere, but being able to understand how light the light is requires me seeing how dark the dark is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and sometimes the Lord allows us to experience suffering just so mm -hmm. we can see the majesty of him, mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. And and I guess that's the main encouragement during mm -hmm. this time for all of you listening as we deal with all this 
coronavirus stuff and the social distancing stuff and the fear of the unknown and the loss of the graduations and the retirements and, and you know, birthday parties and all this mm-hmm. stuff is, yeah, you're allowed to grieve that, but don't let your grief turn into despair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because there on to your is hope. Hope. Mm-hmm. hope is in Jesus Absolutely. Christ. Absolutely. So we've gone all the way from First Peter to 60s music to... Uh, a little bit of Van Halen, yeah, even, yeah, yeah. all the way to grief and yep. acknowledging grief. And we should probably circle back around to a little bit of uh, what Living Water is doing in this time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Take note that we have not been meeting physically. Hopefully you've been able to see us online. Uh, check out our YouTube channel. Check out our Facebook page. Uh, be sure to subscribe or like both of those mm-hmm. to be notified of uh, when a service is uploaded, when a service is live, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, check out your emails. Uh, if you're not on a list that gets the updates, uh, make sure you email uh, either myself or Jesse or even more especially administrative assistance, uh, secretary at livingwateroc.com, secretary at livingwatersheldon.com to make sure you get all of those weekly updates, those weekly emails. Yep. Uh, but as we give updates, as we continue to keep you uh, informed of things, one of the bigger things going on right now uh, is the Ebenezer campaign. Yes, uh, We uh, just worked out this week a plan to do some video updates uh, in fact, Sue, our children's director in Orange City, uh, did one for the kids a couple days ago and uh, saw that it got some great reviews, great some uh, some great views that people were actually tuning in and seeing it. And we're going to do the same thing with both of the campuses, correct? That we're going to walk correct. through and kind of highlight what has been updated? Yep, that's exactly right. And I believe you had Mike uh, take care of that yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh, myself and Jim will be walking through Sheldon uh, later this afternoon. So that mm-hmm. should be released to you guys hopefully by uh, beginning of next week. Right. Um, the reason we're doing that is twofold. First of all, we want you to be excited, as mm-hmm. we are. Mm-hmm. Um we always have to remember that the work of the church does not stop, and and especially during this time, we are planning for the next stage, right? Because we will get through this. Oh yeah. And when we get through this, we want to hit the ground running. So the Ebenezer campaign is going full force. The there's some certain buildings that are happening here. You know, with this 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 room over here in the worship center, as I said in Orange City, with Gary's office, with the secretary, um, with Donna's space, and. Sheldon is all but done. Mm -hmm. Our doors and our trim are all that we're basically waiting on, and it looks fantastic. So we're hoping to record that and release that to you, not only so that you can be excited, but also so that you can remember to give towards that because uh, that uh, that that costs us something oh, yeah. to get that mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. So, and there were pledges that were made, and we want to remind you to follow through on those. Uh, remind you to do uh, what you promised to do. Uh, also, knowing that hey, this is a different season than it was six months ago. Uh, So we want to be aware of that and acknowledge that. And we want to acknowledge that, yeah, we have some bills to pay to that kind of thing. Uh, But what I really think that we want to acknowledge is the name of it. Uh, We said it yesterday as we were walking through Ebenezer, remember, is where the Israelites put a rock down and as they would physically walk past this rock on a random day, they would remember, thus far, the Lord has helped us. Right. And what's really cool to me is um, 
I doubt anybody would go for this, especially the people that are putting so much work into painting and all that kind of stuff. I just want to write Ebenezer all over the walls or something like yep. that so that we remember every time we look at these physical things, yep. we remember thus far the Lord has helped us. Right. Exactly. Uh, when you walk past a room in Sheldon, when you walk past Donna's new desk, when you see the new lights, thus far the Lord has helped us. It's all him. Yeah, exactly. And, and, we remember, speaking of past, present, and future, like we were just talking mm -hmm. about, the Lord has helped us in the past. Look at mm -hmm. the last 13 years of this church. Mm -hmm. um, the Lord will continue to help us now, and he will continue to help us in the future. Absolutely. Um, sometimes we don't understand what his help looks like, but it's always there. Absolutely. And so in the midst of this Ebenezer campaign, I don't think it's any coincidence that we started this capital campaign, and then all of a sudden a virus hit, and and uh, finances for everybody in the world are looking a little iffy right? because this is teaching us to rely on him. Absolutely. And so we give this to him. He will take care of us. Ain't that the truth? Yep. yep. And so if you want some uh, specific on how to give, uh, if you want some direction, uh, go to forallwhothirst.com. And then over on the right-hand side, you're going to see a whole list of things on there of menu options. Uh, click on the Ebenezer campaign. You're going to see a description of what we have done or what we are doing. You're going to see how to give. I would encourage you to uh, follow the links that are there, uh, do the text to give, and just write the word building, write the word campaign, uh, notify us that this is for the Ebenezer campaign. And then, of course, just a huge shout-out. Mike made a big point of this, too. Um, the people that have been giving their time, yeah, uh, just thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, guys that are doing uh, the painting, guys that are doing the lights, uh, guys that are doing all of the frame work in Sheldon, yep. uh, the finishing work. Uh, we actually did, oh boy, it seems like a year ago now, but yeah. it was... Uh, uh, a couple of, that uh, was a month ago. Six weeks. Wow, that feels like a lot longer. I know. Uh, we brought the youth group uh, into the Sheldon facility and helped paint a little bit. Got a little bit of paint on the wall. Yeah. Uh, most of it got on people. Right. <laughs> uh, but I was just so impressed to see the amount of people ready, willing, and able to put their uh, backs into it to, to do the labor. Yep. So thank you so, so much for all the volunteers. Uh, obviously couldn't do it without you. Amen to that. Yeah, it's, I mean, all the volunteers, a big thank you to Mike and Jim as they yep. are, as they have donated a, a whole bunch of time to make sure that this thing gets off without a hitch. And they've done great work thus far, and I know they will continue to do so. So yep. thank you, Living Water, for making this a possibility for God's future yep. moving forward. And keep checking out that website. We're going to um, add some pictures to that Ebenezer campaign slide. Uh, to the menu option there, uh, those videos, I'm assuming uh, we should be able to put that on the website itself too, uh, but be sure to just follow us on Facebook, uh, it'll be on there, uh, check out our YouTube channel, it'll be on there as yep. well. Yep. Uh, how about for, like, say the next two weeks, now I know uh, we have put out two separate statements as Living Water over the past uh, month or so, one that said... Uh, we're going to not meet for about two weeks mm -hmm. uh, for the month of March. And March came and went, and we put out a statement that said we're not going to meet uh, during the month of April. Right. And we're coming close to uh, finishing up April. Yep. And one of the things that we're still working on is 
what does May look like? Right. Uh, we can't answer that specifically, yep. but I think we can assure people we're meeting with council. Yes. We're discussing what other churches are doing. Yeah. And we're going to be somewhere in the midst of what the what our area is seeing, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. We are looking at all entities and taking examples. We're listening to the, the governor and our, our civic authorities. Um, we're discussing with council. And in the next week or two, we're going to be having a sit-down discussion. Um, it's not just a, hey, what do you think? We're going to actually have a sit-down uh, discussion by that. I mean, we're going to be meeting over Zoom mm -hmm. and saying, okay, what does May look like? Is this a yes? Is it a no mm -hmm. as far as physically getting together? So a decision will be made soon. Right. But until that point, we ask your prayer for us. And oh, absolutely. Yeah. Continue out. to lift your leadership up in prayer. Continue to be thinking about them, praying for them, yep. uh, especially in terms of making these decisions. Yeah. I uh, saw it a couple different times, whether it's a Facebook post or whatever. Um, give us give some grace to people that are making these decisions. Right. Uh, we're doing the best we can with what we know at the moment. Right. Uh, it seems like maybe a little bit less than it was two weeks ago, but uh, there was different information coming in from uh, every different source, right? Whether it's uh, WHO or uh, community health or whatever. Yep. Like, the information was being added to right almost daily uh we knew more than we did the day before yep uh, and i would say the same is still kind of true uh, we know more now than we did two weeks ago but yet we also i think are more aware that we don't know as much as we're going to know tomorrow right like yep. we still have to play with the uh fluidity of this thing it's yep. still an ongoing uh, process like a, a trying to hit a moving target. I guess. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's there's so much new information, so much old information mm -hmm. that is no longer applicable. Right. We it, it's it changes so much on day to day. I, I said I think I said this to you, Gary, not that long ago. It's like what I thought was true in terms of the future yesterday turned out to be a complete lie for mm -hmm. tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, not in terms of the Lord or as far as our work, but in right. terms of the civic world and the government. That we know and around us, right. What I thought right. was true yesterday is going to be completely different tomorrow in Isn't terms of the world around us. The way it is, right? So. And so we ask you uh, to stay connected, as I've said, in so many different ways. Uh, keep checking our website. Keep checking the Facebook page. We'll keep you updated. As we know more, you'll know more. Yep. Uh, until further notice, we will not be meeting. Uh, when that changes, we'll make uh, we'll I think you know. at the moment it says through April. Yep. And that gets us through this week and then leaves it open for uh, next week. We'll decide yep. what needs to happen yep. over these next couple of weeks or yep. so. Exactly. So that's a lot of just stay tuned uh, kind of language, I guess, is what we're really trying to say. Yep, exactly. Uh, so now we have covered the first Peter series a little bit. We have covered what Living Water is up to. Uh, we have covered the Ebenezer campaign. We've covered 60s music. The really big thing that everyone is uh, wondering about, Jesse, is have you watched this Lion King thing on uh, Netflix? I, I don't think Tiger that's King. even what it's called. Tiger King. Tiger King. I watched it. It is the most depraved thing of all time. But I've it heard is that. so fascinating. Is it? 
Like, it is so fascinating. Is it really true? Like what they say? Like you watch one and you're sucked in. Oh, you just can't. I, is yes. it reality TV? It's reality TV. Okay. Like I watched. I watched the first episode. I'm like, I gotta see. I'm what obviously all not gonna about. be able to watch it with the kids. No, them, no, right? no, no, like, no, no. So is no, it no, a lot no. of like not good stuff? Oh okay. yeah, yeah. And so and what's fascinating about it is not necessarily that these people, you know, are bad or good. What's fascinating about it is how could these people actually exist? Oh uh, sure. Like because it's not just, made up. No, like, like this is real stuff. The first time I saw a trailer for it. So if you leave something set on Netflix, yeah, like it just automatically starts the trailer. Yeah, and so it was setting there, and it started the trailer. Yeah, and I watched like thirty seconds of the trailer, and I'm like, this has to be like a fake, yeah. like a fake humanity yeah. or something. It's right? not like at that's all. That's what kind of blew my mind when yeah. I started hearing like, oh no, this is real. Yeah. I'm like, like, oh wow, dude. There's there's a couple of things, and they're like, I'll, I'll give it. I'll give you a bit. Like, uh-huh. here, here's one. This is the insanity of this show. So there's this this uh, this woman. She works at the tiger petting place, this zoo, and she gets her arm torn off <laughs> by a tiger. No joke. Arm torn off. Elbow down. Gone. Wow. Right. And they they like are videotaping as her arm gets torn off. Right. Okay, fine, whatever. She goes to the hospital, and she's sitting there without her arm in this interview. She's like, yeah, it was no big deal. I was back at work five days later. Yeah. Oh, She was feeding the tigers five days later. Wow. And you're just like, bro, this whole is insanity. (laughs) Right, right. Like, And so you watch this stuff, and you're like, people exist like this. Oh, man, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not good. It's not moral. Right. It's nothing. But it it actually, in a weird way, gives you an inkling into the depths of sin that has permeated the world. Well, it is something. And if we're looking for God glimpses in everything, sometimes you just have to hang your hat on the fact that we are really depraved people. We are really depraved. Like sometimes people. that is the lesson. Yeah. Uh, sometimes yeah. you look around and you see some of this stuff and. Man, Sodom and Gomorrah kind of feel like we got a lot of junk going That's on. That's kind of what it felt like a yeah, little bit. You watch yeah. it and you're just like, ugh. Yeah. But also you're like, wow. Right. Like right. this is this is this is astounding how right. depraved people can be. And the incredible it's, thing there to circle that back is Christ died for yeah. the people that are totally depraved. Yeah, me. I, exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, there's a lot of people who are passing judgment on this, and I kind of watch it and go, "Well, you know, we're all the same in God's eyes. The crap sin that is a doing sin is a sin. Right? Is 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 the same kind of stuff that oh, or not man. the same kind of stuff, but in the Lord's eyes, right. it's equal sin. Right. So right. You know, amazing how we have been saved from our sin. Yeah. For a good purpose, uh, as Peter would say, for a reason kind of thing. Yep, exactly. All right, so what haven't we covered? 60s music, Ebenezer campaign, series coming up, Tiger King. Uh, f- first CDs. Uh, f- we oh, bought. yeah, first yeah, CDs. First uh, don't forget to uh, buy the Jock Jams album if you see it laying around. <laughs> Featuring... I should look on eBay. It's got to be on eBay. It's got to be on eBay. It... Now that I think about that, though, yeah, I have a CD player. Um, I was going to say, do I even have a CD player? But yeah, oh, yeah. it's in the yeah. car. The, the the fourth album I bought is way less cool. The fourth album Garth I Brooks, bought Garth Brooks, Garth Brooks. was Winger. Oh. You remember the band Winger? No. Headed for a Heartbreak. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one. That was okay. the fourth album I bought because I had, <laughs> I had like, a, I was in like seventh or eighth grade and I had a girlfriend who saw Aww. that on, a, on like Dawson's Creek. Aww. And so I got her the Winger album. Aww. And I'm like, here you go. Happy whatever day. And she's That's like, so oh, adorable. Sweet. 
and then years later, I'm like, the fourth album I bought was Winger. Like, all my rock That went down in history. Like, boom, gone. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, brutal. Absolutely. So. Um, I would have to say, I so I don't remember the order of how I did this, but I remember Jack Jams. I remember Marvelous 3. You remember oh, that? Oh, I one? love Marvelous 3. I bought yeah. that album. Yeah, yeah, And then I remember uh, filling out, it must have been for a Christmas present or something, but you remember like the... 12 CDs for a penny or yes, something Yes, like I that. do. I remember that. So Time life. Yeah. One of my aunts or uncles subscribed to that. And so then they gave me the option, like, hey, for your Christmas present, you get one of the CDs that I'm going to get. Oh, nice. Uh, so which one do you want? Yep. And there was all of these options. And I went with, uh, you're going to hate this, Diamond Rio. <laughs> yeah. Like, what was it called? Like, Meet Me in the Middle or something like that? Or uh, We Meet wow. in the Middle? Wow. I retract my statement on right? Winger being the worst purchase. Right? Like, that's right? a rough oh, one. Oh, man. Wow. That's pretty... Uh, that's something. That's pretty out there. And, and I think, to me, that represents the diversity of my musical taste. Like, Jock Jams right, is right. way over here. Right. Yeah. Marvelous 3 is kind of popish, rockish, whatever. Yep. And Diamond Rio is 90s wow. country. Like all of those things mixed. That's what I had going wow. on in my head. Diamond Rio. What a diverse Jeez. person I am. I mean, uh, I, props to you right? for buying a Diamond Rio album and having this diversity of cross section <laughs> of music. But there is a large part of me that just goes, I you can't. Want to slap I'll me. just yeah. know. Yeah. Thank goodness we're six feet. Ears, man. Thanks just, goodness that we're six feet apart. I would be slapped right? otherwise. God, Diamond uh, Rio. Wow. All right. I should play you a little bit of Diamond Rio as we yeah. uh, exit out. Use that as our playout music. We'll see that what happens. That would be pretty good. Oh, funny. It seems like everything is freezing and yeah. uh, all that kind of stuff. So if you caught our podcast, awesome. If not, I don't know. Do the best you can yeah. with what you got. <laughs> Listen to the bits and pieces and yep. uh, pay attention to the good stuff that was in there. Yep. Uh, pay attention to the fact that there is hope in the midst of any kind of suffering. All that kind of stuff. You're going to be updated as much as you can be. Yep. Don't forget that you can also listen to Gary and Jesse talk about stuff on Spotify yep. and on Google Play. All you got to do is search for... Uh, Gary and Jesse talk about stuff. Ironically, we're the only ones that have a podcast named that. Yeah. There's crazy. a whole bunch of other names uh, that you could uh, search for. If you yep. search for Gary with one R, then you're going to find all kinds of uh, Gary Puckett and kind of right. cool music. But if you search for Gary with two R's and Jesse with two S's, yeah. you're probably just going to find us. Yeah, it's going to be us. Uh, otherwise, it's Gary with one R and G's. Because <laughs> <laughs> Jesse with one S is G's. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're gonna yeah don't listen to that yeah right like gary with one r and g's talk yeah. about things yeah like, there that's you go. not what you want to follow uh-huh so, so yeah. listen to the correct podcast please exactly uh subscribe exactly. to us on spotify i think we hit like 100 followers hey yeah Nailed something it. like that internet famous hey so keep doing that uh keep praying for your leadership keep praying for your pastors yep. uh we love you all we miss you all yep I would play some playout music, but I unhooked everything. Yep. So I guess this is it. Well, I guess you'll have to listen to Diamond Rio in your own time. Oh yeah, go Bummer go listen me. to Diamond Rio. Sad. <laughs> Love your face. Love your face. Boom, 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 boom.